Whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Where's my car? Where's your car, Wait, wait, let me, let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. All right, another week we're back with you. Nick and Drew, Quizzo Trivia Podcast. What's what up, think, Drew? What do you think of the new intro? Nice. Huh? Oh, I love Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So you know. there. Figured as much. Everybody loves Pulp Fiction. One of those movies it's hard to argue against. Like, what are you going to say that was bad about it exactly? The... Pulp Fiction changed my life. I got to be honest with you. I never even looked at movies the same way again after seeing that for the first time. I think I went and saw it four times in the movie theater, if it... I'm not mistaken. What was I probably about 16 years old when that came out? 15, 16? And uh, had a whole new perspective on life after... Uh, it sure it was one of the first movies I remember kind of just warping my mind as far as finding the timeline and everything and trying to, you know, end that movie thinking about all the different parts for weeks at a time. But If, uh, if it'll tell you the difference of where I was before and after I saw that, I think before Pulp Fiction, my favorite movie was Rocky IV. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pulp Fiction didn't have quite the montage like that. All right, so we're back with you. Uh, hopefully, if we have an expanded audience, we should always start the uh, show by explaining what it is we do here at the Quizzo Trivia Podcast and why you should be listening. Well, first of all, if you're a Quizzo player uh, in one of the many states across the United States that plays our weekly live trivia game at bars, this podcast is your helpful set of hints for the upcoming shows you are going to be playing next week. So it's great incentive to listen. In addition to giving you clues... We are also going to tell you how to build your team properly to give you hints to experience uh, trivia on a whole new level, that being the level of a winning team, Nick, a winning team. Yeah, so, we're here to make you better. That's right. So we're going to give you a lot of advice on, on uh, not only how to build your team, but also what we do in terms of constructing the game each week and how we get our uh, material from all over the place and, and put it together for the Quizzo game that you're used to playing each week. And if you don't play Quizzo because it's nowhere near you, well, go to your local bar and tell them to sign up for it, please. That's a uh, blatant advertisement. But if not, this should just be an interesting podcast to listen to with a bunch of tidbits of random trivia that we're going to be giving uh, our audience. So uh, we encourage you to participate if you want as uh, 
You can tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or email info at Quizzo Podcast. We'll certainly be happy to answer any questions that you have, and we're hoping to bring you a whole bunch of new segments as well in the future uh, to expand uh, the show and the program, etc. So we're going to do all of those things, and then we're also going to run through our general categories that we present during the game and give you little interesting tidbits of things that are going to be uh, upcoming in future games. So Yeah, to um, let you experience you know, exactly where we get our questions from and how things work, much, much like the seasons in a year, trivia sort of comes around in cycles, and as things no turn question. up annually, there's things that we focus on. Now, of course, you can't prepare for a random trivia question that comes out of nowhere, but there's certain things that happen every year that players can pay attention to and, you know, be sharper out there. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, every quiz that we do has a sense of general timing to it, both with the season, but also uh, events that are relevant and, and that people should be paying attention to. So newsworthy things yeah, that may not be seasonal, but that just come up. Sure. I'm getting just uh, hit over the head with this event. I barely ever heard of it. And then all of a sudden it seems like this year it's everywhere. The Met Gala. The Met Gala. Have you seen this? It's like I feel like every news outlet for a week has been pounding the Met Gala. This thing came out of nowhere on my radar. I, for some reason, I think Amy Schumer made this famous. Is that uh, what it was? I yeah. thought it was the Kardashian girls showing up naked. Uh, well, you know, that usually gets attention. Uh, well, that's basically what they were. We, what they were wearing was uh, mesh outfits. So, all right, you know. so I'm going to go right after you here. Okay, go for it. Who is Start the chair? Right into it. Who is the chair at the Met Gala? Who Duh. chairs the event? Let's go with uh, Melinda Gates. No. I think you could get this if you thought about it for a second. If I really what, thought about this, this well, would is, be something that's what is the, uh, you know, What is the Met Gala I went for about? the funny answer because I don't know why she would, you know, I just figured. Well, you're just thinking this is so outside your box. Like, why would you know I would the answer no to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have a clue? No. All right. So the, the Met Gala is sort of the East Coast answer to Vogue's Oscar party where it's sort of like the biggest night in fashion in New York. Okay. Um. Anyway, if you think fashion, New York, I was thinking maybe you would think of the uh, the woman that a Devil Wears Prada was about. That's Does interesting. Does that ring a bell? I, I don't know her name, but certainly I obviously know the... You okay, know. so she's the editor-in-chief at Vogue, and her name is Anna Wintour. Oh, And yes, she yes, was yes. the basis for Meryl Streep's character in The Devil Wears Prada. Hell on Heels. Which, if you haven't seen, it's actually a good film. Yeah. Even though you would think, I'll oh, run for the hills. Right, right. I enjoyed it a lot. Wasn't First time a- I saw Adrian Emily Grenier Bourne. in that movie? Was he in Vinny that Chase? movie? I think Vinny Chase was in Devil Wears Prada. Okay, yeah, it's possible. Sure. I haven't seen it in a while, but that, that makes sense. Shout First out. time I saw Emily Blunt in a, in a movie. Sure. It's going on to be one of my favorites. Worth going back and watching. All right, so Devil Wears Prada and uh, what's Anna, her name again? Anna, Anna Wintour. Winter. Anna Wintour is now of, the... Uh, the first person Both. mentioned in uh, episode four of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. So Met Gala certainly was getting a lot of news. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you do when you are trying to get a podcast off the ground in terms of expanding uh, your audience. And it was interesting. We came across a, uh, a cross, uh, cross-continental link. And I want to give a quick shout-out to Quiz Britain, uh, who's kind enough to pick up this podcast on their trivia podcast page. And uh, I'm going to lead into a question that's going to appear in the general knowledge round of an upcoming game based on that. And I'm going to ask you, Nick, because one of the things that we always say to bars when they're talking to us about uh, what is Quizzo and what does live trivia do at a bar, I say to them, it's not a Mensa contest. We're not here to drive people crazy with impossible questions to answer that they probably don't even want the answer to, even if they happen to know it. 
Uh, it's much more an experience about bringing nostalgia back and talking about a bunch of different themes and then hitting on a lot of things that different people know and a lot of it's of random nature. So got me thinking about Mensa, and uh, I, I ask you, where was Mensa founded? Oh, boy, I have no idea. Was it in the United States? It was not in the United uh, States. I, I, I would figure it was outside the United States. I really don't have a great guess, but let's go with Sweden. It was founded at Oxford University. Okay. Which is, you know, obviously one of the uh, quintessential universities in the world. And uh, here's the second question, two-parter, and this is one of those things we talked about last week about how trivia tends to piggyback. You get one theme and answer one time, and then two weeks later you might see something else about it. But when did Oxford get started? One of the oldest universities in the world. Is this the century? You want me to guess at the year? Get it within, let's say, 50 years in either direction. All right. Well, I know it's older. Well, I shouldn't say I know it's older, but I think it's older than Harvard. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it was founded in 1600. Oxford was founded in 1096. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Isn't that crazy? 1096. 1096. Yep. Jeez. And then what university is a two-parter? What university broke off from Oxford, uh, forming what eventually became uh, the second most prestigious university in Cambridge? You got it. And uh, those are the ancient Why did it break off? Was it all girls? Cambridge it was a dispute like between that? Oxford townsfolk in 1204 and some academics, and they fled to Cambridge where they established uh, Cam- University of Cambridge. So... As, as everything happened, uh, bureaucracy took over. People said, you know what? I think I would be better if I just did this myself, and uh, that's what happened. So, uh, well, What is the name given to the prestigious scholarship program given by Oxford? Well, in fact, not only do I know the answer to this question, but we had a guy, and I want to see if you get this uh, in reverse, but we had a kid who was a Florida State safety who went to South Jersey, who went to school in South Jersey, and who was up for this scholarship award uh, coming out of uh, Florida State. And it actually, like, derailed his NFL career. Does any of this ring a bell? It rings a bell, but... His last name was Roll. I think his name was... Uh, his last name was Roll. But, of course, with Oxford University, you're talking about the... Rhodes Scholar. Rhodes Scholarship. Sure. So, uh, you know, the Rhodes Scholarship is one of the most prestigious scholarship, and it's given out to people all over the world. Uh, and we'll certainly hit on that topic a little bit in future quizzes as well. So there's you got a, a ex-president for me who was a Rhodes Scholar. Ooh, that's an interesting question. You certainly know the answer to it because <laughs> it generated the thought. Um, I know who wasn't. I could give you. <laughs> I could give you a whole Did list he of guys the Texas that I could, Rangers at one that point. I could, that, <laughs> hey, I said nothing. I could just tell you a whole list of guys that I don't think uh, would have qualified for the Rhodes Scholarship. But I'm going to go with uh, Woodrow Wilson. It could be. I was thinking of Bill Clinton was the oh, guy I knew, but you know, maybe. I'm not sure that he's the only one. Woodrow Wilson was nicknamed the professor. Right. That's why I went with that because he's an academic, uh, and then he was the head of Princeton. Yeah, so. he was at Princeton. Exactly. All right. So there's a little bit of uh, over-the-pond trivia for you, and if we do have any British listeners, welcome. You'll certainly get a taste of uh, those things uh, here on the Trivia Podcast. I'm a huge uh, football, proper football aficionado, as uh, Nick knows, which drives him crazy. So in addition to NFL talk, we do give you a little bit of uh, Premier League talk every once in a while. Uh, all right, so what do I have for you besides Oxford University? Let's hit sports, okay? And uh, then we're going to run through geography and entertainment. Um, and we'll try not to do too much in sports, but i got to tell you, i got some great stuff for sports this week, and some of it's a little bit more general. Uh, uh, before we general. go to sports, I, yeah, do have, uh, okay. I do have something I want to give you here. No question. True or false? 
John Goose, a 56-year-old former science teacher from New Mexico, was arrested for manufacturing methamphetamine. Is that true or false? John Goose, a 56-year-old former science teacher from New Mexico, was arrested for manufacturing methamphetamine. So, so here's my million-dollar question here, okay? Was this art imitating life or life imitating art? Because obviously this is the plot to Breaking Bad that you just gave me. Okay. Right? So that's so Walter, Walter White. That's Walter White. It's Walter White's life. So, right. So the question is, did somebody actually do it saying, huh, I kind of know this. Maybe I could get away with that. And I'm going to say in the United States... Hell yeah. So the answer is yes. I'm going to say true. That is true. My favorite <laughs> headline of the week. Can you imagine this guy? Yeah. He gets pulled over. Yeah, I sure can. I wonder if he was in a Pontiac Aztec when oh he got my pulled God. over. Can you imagine? Or the 300M. What's the defense going to be? I saw it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Blame uh, uh, FX. Is that the network? Yeah, it, it, that, that really is, that is incredible in a lot of different ways. And one of the things that's amazing that I just found out recently The fact is, that he was in New Mexico is what really does this Right, like you can figure like, maybe like in Kansas it's going gonna, it's gonna to make its way there. But It reminded me of the question about John Adams and Thomas Jefferson dying on the same, same day. day like yes. Everything had to line up perfectly, and it's like former science teacher from <laughs> New Mexico. You know he was watching that show. I just wonder what episode he thought to himself like, all right. I can make this work. Like this, probably what he said. I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely a power moment right there yeah. where the guy was like, "Huh, <laughs> this could be a glorious life for me," and it didn't end well for him. Just so you know, no spoilers for that. But that was not a uh, that was not no, what you, you want don't to think emulate. It ended well, hmm. I, yeah. I have to go revisit that. Well, I guess that was one of the everybody's few shows ends. that ever did the last episode properly. It was great. I mean, one after another with these great shows that have just blown the ending. I don't know how you felt about the Sopranos ending, but that to me was just you know a there was a huge debate down. of it. We we could we could do an entire episode on the Sopranos ending. Seinfeld I don't want to hit bullet. that. Yeah, you know, just I, I don't want to say that. I, I I have my theories on the different endings, but you're right. It was Dexter it, was awful. Well, that's you know that was a that, no no dispute but out of Breaking me there. Bad nailed it. I mean, that's oh one my of God. the few shows I walked away from and the felt entire last satisfied the entire last season. I think going into it, you knew it was going to be the last season, but it had a feel of just like celebration almost. Like it was, you were just enjoying every second of it. When it ended, it was just like, yeah, like a big satisfying with, meal, like having a, a nice full steak. Where do we stand with spoilers, too? We might as well talk about that. A show that's been over for years like that, do we have to worry about spoilers? I mean, I no. think at this point we can openly talk no, about No, folks. I, you know, I'll, I'll tag this spoilers all. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you're not up on pop culture or current events or trivia Yeah, I wouldn't shows, talk about a show in season. No. I do expect you to be able to get caught up on a show that's in season. No but question. But a show's been over for a couple of years. Yeah, something like Breaking Bad. I mean, that's, you know, uh, they're, they're doing tours of those places. The poor people that have to live in Walter White's house where people are throwing pizza on their house every week it's <laughs> <laughs> just like you know you can't deal with that stuff so that's very very interesting and um uh, you know they're... speaking of that did you hear about the uh Imus ranch no what was going on with the Imus well ranch? He's, he's selling the ranch whack, whack. <laughs> no, <laughs> so he started off <laughs> this is great he started off selling the ranch him and Deirdre. 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 For uh, Deirdre. $35 million. Deirdre. Seems fair, right? I'm going to get $35 million. Big celebrity selling a ranch. $35 million. Okay. Six fifty five on the fan. So then he goes down. He reduces it. I guess he didn't get any offers. He goes down to $29 million. $35 million. Deirdre, we can still get twenty nine. I guess they called up the realtor and said, maybe it's still a little too high. Brought it down to $19 million. We're going to take $10 million. 
It's going to auction now for $5 oh. million. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. You got to feel bad, though. <laughs> That's I, not... Do you? Do you? I don't know. <laughs> That's $5 million. <laughs> I, I mean, know. the nerve to ask $35 million. <laughs> uh, it's for something that ends up at $5 million. Like, who's the person that's buying that at 35 And like, I'm just going to – it reminds me of that scene in Trading Places exactly where Eddie Murphy and, like, uh, you know, is, like, talking to the Dukes about, like, it, they're panicking. It's going to keep coming down. It's going to keep coming oh, down. Right. I they're was thinking of a different scene from the same movie where he tries to sell his watch. Oh, yeah. And the, the guy's the, like, in, in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, it's worth 50, 50 bucks. bucks. Excuse me. This is a royal <laughs> – State of the art, handcrafted. It's we got to get that actual. In Philadelphia, yeah. I need fifty bucks for fifty bucks. No, no, no. This is a Rochefoucauld, the thinnest water-resistant watch in the world. Singularly unique, sculptured in design, handcrafted in Switzerland, and water-resistant to three atmospheres. This is the sports watch of the eighties. Six thousand nine hundred and fifty-five dollars retail. You got a receipt? It tells time simultaneously in Monte Carlo, Beverly Hills, London, Paris, Rome, and Stad. In Philadelphia, it's worth 50 bucks. But you know who was the pawnbroker? This is great trivia for the future. Who was the pawnbroker in that scene? Man, you got me. Bo Diddley. Wow. Bo That's Diddley played the pawnbroker in that scene of Trading Places, one of the classic scenes. Hopefully I can get that edited in there and not forget. I will certainly make my best effort to try. All right, let's do some sports. Uh, for you, very very busy world in the world of sports. I'm sure Nick uh, probably. Uh, I wonder if you have any MIA questions for me based on your uh, current predicament with baseball. But uh, I'm going to talk about first a interesting final thing from the draft uh, that just came up, the NFL draft, which took place about two weeks ago. You know, every year the final pick in the draft gets to tag what? What's the last pick in the draft called? Mister Irrelevant. Absolutely, Mister Irrelevant. So. Over the years, Mr. Irrelevant has most often been Mr. Irrelevant. You never hear from them again after the selection. Occasionally, a kicker gets drafted, and they hang around. There's one that's a decent kicker uh, who is the last pick in the draft. Uh, Do you once. mind if I interrupt your thought just because I have a quick Mr. Irrelevant thing for you? I yeah, start? sure. As, what long, NBA, as long as it's Mr. Irrelevant. What NBA Mr. Irrelevant is uh, leading his team right now in the uh, postseason? The NBA postseason. Is it Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. yeah. Isaiah Thomas was Mr. Irrelevant. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-round draft, so it's a lot different than... Oh, sure, but I mean, yeah. the last guy picked in the draft, and he's putting 50 points up in postseason games. That's no, amazing. And yeah. the guy's name was Isaiah Thomas. That should have been a clue. Right. He might <laughs> be able to play basketball. Like, yeah, if, there's a if Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan draft, comes out... Take yeah, a flyer. Get him. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings, who were talking about the NFL draft, drafted a Mike Tyson. Or not... Uh, uh, Seattle Seahawks drafted a Mike Tyson. I'm sorry, not the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, Pete Carroll was on the radio earlier this week. He's like, yeah, I'm going to have fun with that name. He's like, there's going to be some Mike Tyson's clips playing for, yeah, <laughs> playing already for the nicknamed crowd. Iron Mike. Yeah, I think they drafted yeah, him for that reason. He's like, I want Mike Tyson. If all things are equal, give me Mike Tyson. So do you know who Mr. Irrelevant was, Mr. Irrelevant was this year in this NFL draft? I do not. All right, so the Denver Broncos had the final pick in the draft, and they selected somebody from the University of Ole Miss, University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, named Chad Kelly. Now, if that name rings a bell, it should, because he has a relation to a player. Now, I want to know if you know I gotcha. who this guy is. Jim Kelly's... Uh, it is Jim Kelly's what? I'll say nephew, because if it was a son, I would think I would know. It's Jim Kelly's nephew. Okay. It's absolutely correct. So Chad Kelly was a star at Ole Miss, and he was the last pick in the draft for the Denver Broncos, and he actually has uh, a 
real chance at being a future starting quarterback in the NFL and uh, is a guy that you should definitely keep your eye on is something that's interesting. So Mr. Irrelevant this year has a chance to be one of the few Mr. Irrelevants that comes out. And it got me thinking about his uncle's draft. So what I'm going to ask you is in the 1983 draft, one of the most famed drafts in history, there were some very, very interesting things. Now, not only was it an amazing draft for quarterbacks, Nick, and I'm going to see if you can name all the quarterbacks taken, but there were also some incredible players drafted in that round, some Hall of Fame players, in fact, drafted in that round. And can you name any of those? So let's start with the quarterback. Right. Six QBs taken. How many can you Six rattle in the off? First round. Yep. All right. Let's start with. To get four let's start with the effort. number one. Who was the number one QB? That was Elway's draft. Elway's draft. You got it. So Elway was the number one quarterback taken. If you remember, there was a big controversy because he did not want to go to the Baltimore Colts, uh, and he ended up forcing the hand of Baltimore. Uh, and went to of yeah course, similarly similarly to what Eli Manning did absolutely. not wanting to go to the Chargers you got it enforcing that trade so uh, so I, okay so we got John Elway knocked off who was the second well I know QB Dan Marino taken. and Jim Kelly so we can get through those three right Marino was actually the last of right. the QBs taken in that draft because famously the Jets took Ken O'Brien ahead of Dan Marino ahead of Dan yep. Marino yep so but, I'm up to four but. In the Jets' defense, a ton of other teams drafted quarterbacks ahead of Dan Marino, too, that busted. Jim Kelly was I not one of them. I just can't understand how you could watch Dan Marino throw a football and not draft him. They, they, uh, they thought he sense. was a party boy. That was the, the rumor coming out. He throws a beautiful football. Uh, was, I mean, know, just doesn't make any sense. If you go watch him at Pitt, he was, so he was amazing. Good. So um, Okay, so you got Marino, you got uh, Elway, and you got Kelly. Kelly was sandwiched in there. Now, you mentioned O'Brien, who was one of the three busts in that uh, draft. Who were the other two? Who right, the other so two busts? I think Todd Blackledge was Todd Blackledge, the second QB taken by what team? Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. And who was the third QB taken? Is this the guy that I didn't get yet? Yes. Okay. This is the fifth guy, or the sixth mm. guy, sixth and final guy. That's yeah, a good one. Well, you said he's a bust, too. Yeah. I actually got to see him play live several times. I mean, he hung around a little bit, but he was certainly... Like not, you know, not a Hall of Famer. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. To say not a Hall of Famer is Did the Redskins draft him? Nope. I could give you the team, but it'll probably give it away. All right. I'll give you the team. New England Patriots. Oh, he went to the Super Bowl against the Bears. The and 85 got, season. got absolutely... Uh, destroyed, but I don't even think he was the quarterback in that. Oh, he wasn't. All right. Yeah, he w- he might have been the backup on that team, but for some reason, the name Steve Drogan's r- uh, coming to my mind as far as uh, the actual mm, QB. I event. would look that up. I think it's this guy. Yeah. Okay. I can't just throw a blank on his right. name. Tony Eason. Oh, you're right. It wasn't Tony Eason in the uh, okay. Super Bowl. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So Tony Eason was the uh, other quarterback taken. And, All right, uh, I wouldn't have gotten it. That's Not interesting. Bad, I'll take five out of six. All right. So now in the first round, there were also let's see one, two. Three other Hall of Famers drafted. Can you get any of those? Wow. So what, what does that make? A total of seven Hall of Famers? Oh, no, six well, Hall of Famers. Yeah, six. There. And then you got two other guys that I would say were really strong players whose names you will know, but were right. not 83 Hall of seems like the right time for Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith was not 83. Uh, but there was a Bruce. One of the Hall of Famers was a Bruce. <laughs> All right, I'll go with uh, Bruce Matthews. Bruce Matthews. Right, you got, got the it. Bruce. You got the right Bruce. So Bruce Matthews in that draft, and now there's two more. Two more. I'll give you the positions. How about All that? Right, that'll help. help. There. I'm guessing a wide receiver. A running back and a defensive back. Okay. Oh. Let's see, defensive back. Uh, Guy played forever. Yeah, I was just going to say Rob Woodson. Nope. It was Daryl Green. Ooh, Washington okay. Redskins. Great, great corner. Yep. 
Great pick. And picked all the way at the end of the first round, too. Now, how about the running back? He taking... was like the fastest man in football for a long time, wasn't he? Yep. Wasn't that Absolutely. his sort of, Just uh, thing he was known for? And I'm missing a running back? Yep. One of the most famous of all time. Walter Payton? Well, think about this, okay, from a controversy standpoint, okay? Think about this for a second, all right? Yeah. That's a little late for Walter Payton. Yeah, Wal- um, Walter Payton's late for sure. But think from a running back standpoint in the early 80s, who was like the Oh, Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. You got it. Okay. Wow, what a draft. Yeah. Where did Dickerson go? Early, right? Dickerson, I think, was the second pick okay. of the draft. I was thinking he was gonna be, he was an early pick. Yeah, the draft. so the Rams took him number two overall. And he set the rookie rushing record. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Baltimore took John Elway, but he was obviously traded. So, <laughs> you know, he was actually selected by, uh, you know, selected yeah. by the Colts. Whatever they got, it wasn't enough. So, but if you're not going to play for a team, you're not going to play for them. I'm not going to bother with the other two. The other two names of guys that I thought were contributors was Jim Jeffcoat and Willie Galt, two names okay. that I think you might remember. For I remember Willie Galt both from the Bears. Right. All right. Um, so, you know, getting off the four major sports, let's get to something that I think is near and dear to both our hearts. Nick and I uh, love this. If you live in Atlantic City, you probably love this, too. It's uh, poker. And it got me thinking about all the amazing expressions that come out of life. Uh, from the game of poker, and of which there's just like an enormous number of them. And I wanted to see how we can go back and forth on uh, some of these uh, expressions that are poker expressions that have found their way into general vocabulary and used to describe tons of other situations. So what's the one that comes to mind the most for you, if you got it? Let's see if it's on my list. Let's go all in. Let's go all in. All in. That's a good one. How about uh, poker face? Poker face. I mean, that's using the actual Lady word. Gaga. Yep, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but certainly you use it outside of the game of poker. Yes, you do. All right. What else you got? Hmm. For uh, poker terms that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, well, you've got the blue chips. Blue, blue chip chips. Stuff. Blue stocks. chip prospects. Blue chip blue stocks. Chips. Absolutely. Blue that's a poker home. term. You got it. That's right on the top of my list. What else? Well, that whole song, The Gambler, I mean, you know, you never count your money when you're sitting at the table. Sure. I mean, those are tons of cliches, <laughs> but these are more like uh, one-off expressions. So right. since you got one, I'll give you one back. How about stacking the deck? Okay. Stacking uh, the deck. Stacking the deck. What else you got? Uh, an ace up the sleeve. Ace up the sleeve. That's a good one. Holding the nuts. Yes. Yes, I'm actually doing that right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a family show, dude. Please, come on. Let's not get our rating in check here. All right. And, uh, of course, the last one that I got for you, well, besides up the ante, which is basically the same thing as go all oh. in. Okay, all right. I was thinking of a blackjack term for a second. I was going to say double down. Uh, yeah. That's a blackjack term. Blackjack term. But this one, I think, is one of the biggest ones, which is wild card. Wild card? Okay. So, there you go. That's my uh, poker term. So know your poker terms if you are bad at sports. You that know what? might I like help see, you out at least. I specifically, you know, know about more Texas Hold'em than the other games, but sure. I do like the two card combinations that they have nicknames for. Okay. Have you seen this? Like, if you have, uh, you know, a pair of jacks, they'll call it fish hooks. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like if. Uh, addition, I'm trying to think of some of the other good ones that I know of. Uh, All right, what's the Siegfried and Roy? <laughs> pair of queens. You got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I knew. Uh, somehow I knew that one. Yeah. Uh, but there's a there's a there's one for like every combination. Nah, yeah. Those are those funny. are those are good as well. And you could certainly, uh, from a trivia standpoint, come up with a list of them as what the cards are, and then find out what their nicknames. Here's a good one. The Barack Obama. Oh boy, what's that? Forty four. Yeah, there you go. A pair of fours. I like it. The 44th president, 44, the Barack yeah. Obama pair. That's a good one. Um, all right, so 
my last thing with sports. This is the best. All right. I've been waiting forever to talk about this with you on the air because this goes all the way back to our days with Jim Rome um, and what we used to listen to as far as the core clips in his show. And this story was my favorite sports story of all time. So the answer to this trivia question is going to lead me into my fav- one of my favorite sports stories about a guy of all time. And then I'm going to play for you uh, a clip here. So the question is... What NBA center led the league in blocks five times, the most by any player in history? So what NBA center led the league in blocks five times, the most of any player in history? Okay, I would say that sounds to me like Dikembe Mutombo. That sounds to me like Dikembe Mutombo. That is absolutely right? right. Yes. You got it right. So he's got one more than, of course, like guys like Russell and what have you. But I think Russell will end up being the, you know, one of the popular answers. Um, sure. Uh, for sure in that one. But do you remember the story on Rome about the Kembe Matumbo? I don't. It doesn't ring a bell at all? It does. I just don't remember the story. Okay. So I'm going to play this story for you. And then when you are done, I want to get your reaction to it. Okay. It's up just a touch here, Zo. Can you? Yeah. We've had an investigation for a while here. Dikembe, he... Denied it very strongly, very ferociously, but there is this story of Dikembe back in the glory days of walking into a nightclub. Who and wants to sex Matumbo? Who wants to sex Matumbo? <laughs> you've heard it. it, you, it you've the, heard it, haven't you? Is the story true? We need to know if the story is yeah, true. Yeah, you've yes, heard it before. That's a confirmation. That is a confirmation. <laughs> so how did you, the first time that you heard him say, who wants to sex Matumbo? What did you think the first time you heard him say that? You are confirming the story. No, 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 no just, just get to that. Like, the first time you heard it. How hard did you laugh the first time you heard him say, who wants to sex Matumbo? How did y'all hear about this, man? Hey, man, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The, the first time you hear that, what do you think when you hear the man say, who wants to oh, sex Matumbo? Oh, uh, whatever. No comment, man. No comment. <laughs> This is my favorite part, by far. Oh, the ending. Yeah, there's some truth to that. There's some truth to that. <laughs> so he doesn't deny Wait. it. A journalism victory! Yeah! <laughs> Listen to this. Here we go. You got any idea who Biggie was, was talking about it? I that got was a story his to tell. Line. That was his pickup line, yeah. And it worked. It worked, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's the payoff, Nick. And it worked. And it worked. And do you know who the voice of that was? No. That was Alonzo Mourning. Oh, okay. So All now right. I'm going to give you a story from my youth, right? This is one of my favorite stories to tell. I'm nine years old, and I got divorced parents, so I had a dad that lived in Jersey and a mom that lived in Maryland. I used to fly every month to go visit my mom for the weekend. Sure. So she's sending me back on a plane to New Jersey, And we get to the airport, and we're sitting around in the airport about to hit a Continental Airlines flight. And these incredibly tall gentlemen are all right in the seating section waiting to get on this plane with me. And when I say tall, I'm not talking like average tall. I'm talking gigantic. Like you've never seen people this tall in your entire life when you're a nine-year-old kid. But thing is, I was obsessed with sports, so I knew exactly who these guys were. And guess who they were, Nick? Alonzo and Matumbo? It was the University of Georgetown men's basketball team heading to go play Seton Hall. And wow. I f- so now here's the crazy part. When you're nine and you're an unaccompanied minor, where do they end up sitting you on a plane? 
I don't know. I've never flown at that age. But. Right up front. Okay, makes sense. So I sat in the front row. Now, where do you suppose they give seven-foot men with very long legs seats at a plane? Oh, wherever they want. Front row. Front row. Wow. So in the four-section aisle, it was me, Morning, John Thompson, and Matumbo. Wow. Okay? And I was petrified. <laughs> like, can you imagine... Like, sitting there as, like, the third person. Were you wearing your Terps gear at the time? No, I didn't say a word about the fact that I was a diehard University of Maryland fan, but I certainly was, like, incredibly fast. They, nobody could – they couldn't be nicer. Everybody was super, super cool. Not only were they awesome, but I'll, I'll never forget this. This guy named Jaron Jackson, uh, who was a guard on that team, invited my dad and I, who was, like, astonished when he picked me up at the airport and I walked out with this entire group of guys, to the game the next night against Seton Hall which I went to, and then he came down from the court. My dad brought me right down to the front, and he signed an autograph and, you know, greeted me and said, how you doing, and remembered me from the other day. So, so I know your dad's a big St. John's guy, but uh, who were you guys rooting for that night? Well, he's, uh, we were rooting for Georgetown, of okay, course. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. question. I have no allegiance to Seton Hall, that's for sure. <laughs> so, Oh, right. It, but yeah, it wasn't I mean, St. John's. It was Seton Hall. Being a St. John's yeah. guy, how do you root for Georgetown? Yeah, and I mean, we ended up Syracuse guys, so like, it's amazing that I ended up uh, – and I was a Terp fan you know, right. my, my entire life. Walt Williams was my favorite player growing up. So, you know, even even Morning, but I did root for Morning like crazy on Charlotte. I had his jersey, and, and they became you know some of my favorite players. But who wants to sex Matumbo is just oh. – I mean, the thing I loved about Jim Rome, he was really the first like sports radio guy who made it more than just about like, right. games or breaking yeah, it's down. It's about pop culture. It's about pop culture. So, so there's my uh, Georgetown basketball story uh, for you. Let's. Uh, what you got for me in sports in the world All of right, sports? So we'll stick with uh, stick with basketball here. You know, I've been beating the drum about the NBA playoffs and uh, how I can't even watch these games yet. But. <laughs> right. Here get, you go. A layup. Close. Who became the first team in NBA history to start 8-0 in two consecutive postseasons? The Golden State Warriors. That's incorrect. It's the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. Cleveland, yeah. The, the, were the, I the know Warriors, Warriors were 8-0 no, this year, yes, but, but not last year. they lost the game last year. Oh, okay. So, so there you go. So Cleveland Cavaliers, yep. And it is a layup, but at the same time, I'm not paying any attention. Yeah, so. Yes, you're right. It is, it, it is in a layup because you'd have to know last year that Cleveland went 8-0. Right. And so it's, I, it's more of a 50-50, I guess you're sure. right. Sure. Plus, I think uh, you know Golden State was the, the buzz team last year going into the playoffs because of their oh, record yeah. in the regular well, season, not you know, not them. So right. They set uh, the something. all-time mark for most wins in a season. Yep. Um, did you see this? Who is selling... Who's going to be selling their shoes for $495? I sure did. LeVar Balls, uh, big baller brand. So the triple What, what are these guys doing? All right. So this right, – I, everyone is outraged, but, like, we live in a society where any publicity is good publicity, and marketing is marketing. Is, it, is any publicity good publicity? Because yes. if I'm a team and I'm drafting a guy – and he is between I'm between Sam between two guys. Yeah, but he's top five talent. So if you're team three okay, and you so don't does it matter draft to you him, if you go one or two him. or you go four, it doesn't matter no. to you. No, because he's a star. It doesn't. What matters for his look. Here's the thing. I think the dad and the kids are very different animals. I don't know what the kids are. You know what I mean? But is so, the dad taking it to the point now where he's not helping his kids? That point was crossed a okay. really, really long time ago. Dude. Okay, you know, I feel like he he thinks he ridiculous. he thinks he's doing what is necessary to build this brand and become this. You know, but he's doing it for him. You know, he's he's guiding that ship in his mind. I don't want to micro you know micromanage this guy's life in terms of 
uh, telling him what he should be doing for his kids or what he shouldn't be doing for his kids. That's for him to figure out. But the uh, the bottom line is he's getting the media attention that he's after. So everyone's playing right in. We're at a Quizzo podcast, and we're sitting there talking right, about but he's these saying, guys' shoes. He's saying ridiculous things like that Michael Jordan couldn't sell $495 sneakers. Well, meanwhile, his son hasn't sold any yet either. Well, they're not even out yet, but he's building up all of this pent-up demand uh, that may materialize. It may not. Here's the bottom line. If the kid is not a star and his other two kids are not stars, then it's going to be something. But if all three of them are stars in the NBA within five years— He's going to have a huge, huge mega brand on his hands, and he hasn't sold those rights to anybody. He went to all those shoe companies and said, partner, I want a partnership. And they said no. Right. All three, the big three shoe right. companies. They Adidas, all turned it down. So he said, all right, I'll do, I'll do it all myself, and I'm going to take this approach. So I don't know. I want my guy coming in worried about basketball, not I'm selling not dra- shoes. I'm not drafting even though, him. You know, look, LeBron uh, came in. He, he signed his big deal with Nike. He's made a fortune with him. But I've never seen, you know, LeBron worrying about shoe sales. No, there's I've no question. Seen but, but my point is this. Focus on fo- if, oh no, if he gets picked up by the right team and he comes in like a house of fire killing it, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care about the shoes. So, you know, it's just about how it's Except if you're play. the one that paid $500 for them and you get them scuffed. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, then you're an idiot. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Air Jordans are still for sale for I just can't wait to see how many of these he sells. Like, now I'm totally interested. I guess you're right. But that's the whole point. I guess you're right. That's, that's the whole point. And there's going to be guys that are like, hey, I want these as a status symbol to show that I could afford $500 shoes. That's, that's why he true. did it. I mean, remember when Beats came out and it was like $300 yeah, for headphones and these aren't even as he's good as... a billionaire. As... Right. They're as good as the $5 headphones <laughs> that you can get at you know, five below. Remember the eight ball jacket? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes, yeah, maybe they'll sell. We'll so see. geography history, you know, this sort of uh, is an extension of sports to the extent that uh, the answer to this question plays into a different story about the rodeo, which I don't even know if counts as, uh, as, as sports, but something that yeah, you and counts. I have a lot of experience with. But I'm going to ask you this. What are the two states, the Nevada or that uh, the Hoover Dam borders? I think I just gave you half the answer, which I knew you were going to know anyway, but it's so Nevada it's- and what other state? That the Hoover Dam borders. I don't think a lot it's of Nevada people actually know this and think Arizona. about this. It is. It's Nevada and Arizona. So do you remember the most memorable trip that I ever took that <laughs> that ended up crossing the Nevada-Arizona border? Are you talking I, about when you got caught in a snowstorm? Yeah. I'm going to call this the I almost died in Kansas uh, <laughs> okay. uh, story. So I just, uh, you know, when I was going through these questions and I said, oh, you know, the Nevada-Arizona border was like a victory tour for me, but... It was also the last leg of, like, hell because I had just been through the most exhausting drive of any human being. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say that, but it was pretty ridiculous. And then I had to take that monstrosity of a production vehicle down the Hoover Dam. (laughs) Like, you remember that, right? That long, winding Hoover Dam road. Like, try driving a pickup truck attached to a 27-foot production trailer and not being very good at driving said, you know, <laughs> pickup truck with a production trailer. So I was shocked that they just let you go. I mean, like, it, just, it was like imminent death at every corner. I, like, where is that? You know, I was like, like downhill. I, I feel like not only could I die, but I could blow this whole place up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, bad things should – This it just seems – like, it shouldn't be uh, navigatable, but somehow uh, we got through it. But that's not the I almost died in Kansas part of the story. The I almost died in Kansas part of the story, Nick, is on that drive out there. I'll, me- I'll never forget this. I was at an Applebee's, and I heard a couple talking, and they're like, uh, yeah, big storm's coming in through the Colorado border. They're getting set to shut down I-70, which is what I was on. And I was like, all right, 
look at a map, break out the map, and I'm like, I. And by the way, we're trying to get to the national finals rodeo uh, to record uh, instant DVDs for ESPN and for this uh, company called Pro Rodeo Films. So that was what we were doing back in what year is this? 2003, I think. 2003, probably. I guess. Oh. So 2003, 2004, one of the If other. I knew so, how long my friend Anthony's been married, because it was his wedding in oh, early that you, December that, you couldn't that I go couldn't up. go when you left. That's right. You couldn't drive you out, out there, there with me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I've been married nine years. I would say, yeah, 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, so something right. like that. So oh, 03 or oh, 04. But um, nonetheless, so I'm driving out there uh, doing this entire haul myself, and uh, I decide to look at a map and uh, try to circumnavigate the weather that's coming in through the colorado border and i was gonna like duck south towards texas come across 10 or whatever it was anyway i remember driving on 70 and one second it was perfectly clear and the next second i could not see anything in front of me it was complete and total whiteout like i've never seen before so i was like all right this is pretty nerve-wracking i'm driving a very very big thing i'm gonna go find a rest stop pull over regroup figure out where i am so i get off this rest stop there's not a, a soul not a human being at it Right, which is creepy enough because you're in the middle of Kansas. So it's just flat land everywhere and wind that's coming out like that would move you when you got out of the car. I was being, you know, I was being pushed against by this wind uh, and it was complicated. So I plug in the um, the RV, decide I'm going to wait it out at this rest stop in the middle of nowhere. Maybe about four hours into that, the electric blows. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so now. So no heat? No heat. <laughs> so now it's mounting. Uh, the snow's coming up, it's piling up, it's it gets to the point where I couldn't even get out of the RV uh, because it's so high. So you're trapped with so no I'm heat? trapped with no heat. So I'm calling my dad on a cell phone, he's on the phone with the state police, uh, he's, you know, panicking like crazy. I'm wrapped in a... Uh, uh, state police a, is like, what are you, crazy? We're not going out there. No, they're like, uh, we can't get out there. They're like, we'll, we'll send a wrecker out as soon as we have some visibility, but we can't see, f- you know, one foot in front of us. This is the worst of the storm. You're just going to have to wait it out. So fortunately, I don't know what made me do this, but the night before when I was at uh, at a Walmart spending the night in their parking lot because that's always fun. Uh, but when you're in an RV, well, it's it nice doesn't matter. Well, nice because Walmart uh, will allow you to park your uh, – Yeah, open 24 hours, RV subway inside. It was a dream. I love that Walmart. Yeah. I bought a sleeping blanket for some reason, one of those really nice, comfy, thermal sleeping ba- blankets. That thing saved my life. I had wow. no. I only had like a sort of like a like a, just a blanket, you know, just like a, a an average blanket that I was using because I yeah, had you're heat. expecting to have heat. <laughs> you know, you didn't need that much more. But I bought this uh, because the blanket just wasn't doing it, even with the heated Walmart parking lot. It was so cold out. It was in Missouri, I think, um, that I ended up buying this uh, this really really uh, awesome uh, sleeping bag, and that saved my life. So. Uh, I remember it was stuck right outside Joaquini, Kansas, the Christmas capital of Kansas, Nick. So there's your next <laughs> trivia question. If you want to know what the Christmas capital of Kansas is, it's Joaquini, and there's a beautiful little main street that they decorate every year and whatever. But that's where uh, I spent uh, the most howering 20 hours of my life. Eventually, I did get towed out and spent three days uh, waiting for that storm to thaw. Uh, before we finish the drive down the Hoover Dam. So there you go. There's my entire geography history story for you and my near-death experience uh, heading to the National Finals Rodeo. So what else you got in geography history for me? All right, well, I saw uh, President Trump's heading uh, international for the first time, and they were going to wrap up that trip in Sicily at the G7 Summit. G7. Right, you're familiar with the G7? Of course. Used to be the G6, then the G8, now it's the G7. <laughs> right. Anyway, you want to take a shot at the countries of the G7? G7. Okay. Um, 
and then I'll have an extra bonus one for you, the one that was part of the G8 that is no longer in the G7. Okay, so, I mean, you can't have a summit without the United States and the United Kingdom, because we wouldn't be there, so... Okay. I'm going to go those two on the docket. Knock I'm gonna, those easy I'm ones I'm going to put France on the list. They're in. Because they got a big uh, economy. Italy is not hosting okay. a summit unless they're okay. part of it. So they're, they're four. Now, I, I wonder if you would have gotten Italy had it not been in Italy. I would have had to really think about that. Because they've actually met uh, before in The Hague in the Netherlands. Sure, so. and, and the Netherlands are not part of it. I right. would put them on the smaller side. Um, Germany. So that would, that would yep. be the fifth. So you got two left. In the G7. And um, I think I remember something about Russia being there, so I'm going to say Russia's All right, so you missed your first one. They're the eighth. They They were were the eighth. eighth. They were booted in, uh, I think, uh, 2014 because of— The Ukraine, when they went into the Ukraine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then China is probably— No. No, no, they're not part of— Okay, so these are all—would it be Canada and Australia? All right, you got Canada. Okay. You got Canada, and the other one I'm surprised you missed, uh, right near China. India? Maybe you said them and I missed it. Did you say Japan? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm surprised they missed it, but Japan, of course. Yep. Okay. All right, so, so that's, that's Summit it. coming up, uh, I think, at the end of May. There's your G7, folks. Pay, pay attention. Pay close attention to the G7. All right, let's go to entertainment. I have another one just yeah, to yeah, touch yeah. on because we're talking about art imitating life and sure. this type of thing. So this is another cross between sports and uh, geography history. But, of course, uh, you may know that the um, boycott of the Olympics in 1980. Mm-hmm. The U.S. boycotted uh, the Russian Olympics in 1980. Do you know why they boycotted in 1980? What was the reason? Yeah, I think it had to do with uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Nope. Or, or, or uh, the hostages. Wait, wait. The hostages, maybe? Was it a hostage situation? 1980. So they were, boy- they, they were boycotting the Soviet Union. Okay, right. Iran and the hostages, they were at 79. Right. But, yeah, no, this didn't have anything to do with that. Okay. This was the— uh... That happened at the Olympics for some reason. I don't know why I'm confusing those two events. But, um, okay, so I know it had to do with Russian—was um, it Russian aggression? Did they— Well, Russia invaded somewhere, and this is the ironic part. We boycotted— Afghanistan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the ironic thing. <laughs> we boycotted because Russia invaded Afghanistan. Yeah. And then, uh, 20, and then we, years armed, later... we armed Osama bin Laden to fight— the Russians. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Art imitating life once yeah. again. Fantastic. That, that kind of stuff never blows How up in How dare your those face. Russians invade Afghanistan? Yeah, right. How long have we been there for? We've been there a while. 16 years? Yep. Um, all right, let's move on to entertainment. We got a couple of uh, interesting things in the world of entertainment this year, you know, or this week, I should say. Last week, we talked about Hooch, what kind of dog Hooch was uh, from the movie Turner. Hooch, yeah, right? the Mastiff. You know, I wonder about this. Do you know what kind of dog Scooby-Doo was? Sure, Great Dane. Scooby Doo's Scooby a Great Doo. Dane. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think that that's such an obvious thing based on his look. You know, he kind of looks Great Daney, but he's no, so he, cartoony. You right. Know, he's got more of a hound dogish. You know, man, not hound. You know what I mean? Like, well, for but more sure. Of the like first time I heard that, I was surprised yeah. that he was oh. a Great Dane. I was like, oh, okay, he's a Great Dane. That's interesting. So you know, that's something that. Uh, I, you ever seen a Great Dane in person? Oh yeah, it's like a small horse. Oh, there's no question, and they Huge, have they have a very serious demeanor. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I never see like a Great Dane with kind of like a big stupid look on their face, like a like my gold, like my retriever. You know, yeah, just kind of has this look like. Ooh. My uncle's dad had a pair of them, and they were yeah. just huge, and they're the friendliest dogs. Yeah, a lot of. Oh, they look. Fr- um, I'm not saying they don't look friendly; they just look very serious to me. Hmm. I don't know. I, I I see them as very serious dogs, but they're they're great. So what are you gonna do? Um, 
the I guess we've been on a kick of naming dogs, famous dogs, or what type of dogs it is. Okay. So look for more of that. But that's it for me for for dogs for a while. I don't think you'll get any more what type of dog question it's going to be. Um, I do want to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, and I want to see if you can get the name of this movie just based on me reading the cast list of the of the main members. Um, and it's one that I think might manifest itself into a bunch of different types of questions, including potential questions like a top 10 of, you know, list uh, the main characters in this movie. We've had it as a picture round. We've had it in a lot of different ways, but uh, I'll give it to you in, in reverse order here. Pete Postlewaite, Kevin Pollack, Benicio Del Toro, Stephen Baldwin, Chaz Palmateri, Gabriel Byrne, uh, Gabriel Byrne, and Kevin Spacey. What is the movie? The Usual Suspects. One of the best ever. Do you not agree? Uh, with As far as endings go, without a doubt, one of the best ever. Yeah, and, and I think we were talking about Pulp Fiction with the intro, this was a movie that was very much in the, you know, kind of mess with your head. You didn't see it coming, you know, connecting dots from all over the place. I mean, time. really, that was my favorite time of movie making. Yeah. Those 90s movies from like, I don't know, 94 to maybe 2000, 2001. Well, it feels like everything now is just such big budget. It's either a superhero movie or, you know, something ridiculous like that. So there's not a lot of attention well, paid like to that two, genre. There's two things. We're either spending a ton of money on a Disney movie or a comic yeah, book sure, movie. Yeah, sure, of course. Animated or movie. It's a low-budget, uh, independent film-type release that's getting all the pub. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, I will say this. I heard <laughs> Lady Gaga's new song very recently, and we were talking about her uh, last week. It's pretty good. And then... Uh, right... Which song are you talking about? Jeez. Um, a Million? No, not A Million, a million reasons. reasons. It's the even newer one that okay. just came out. A um, uh, very, very different type of song, The Million Reasons. But then... Uh, it's got this beat, and Haley Steinfeld, who I mentioned last week, has a song out uh, when I was editing sound clips for, for the Quizzo Music Round. had a song, and it was like the exact same beat. And then I get to the next like new song that's on the charts, and it's like the exact same beat. And all of them have the exact same song. It's unbelievable. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this for you real quick just to hear how ridiculous this is with all of these different songs basically taping, taking the I Took a Pill in Ibiza beat <laughs> okay. and, and just playing it. Yep. All right. It's called Cure, so I'm going to play it for you real, at least a little clip of it. I wrote you this lullaby, hush now baby, don't you cry, anything you want could not be wrong. So baby, tell me yes, and I will give you everything. So baby, tell me yes, and I will be all yours tonight. So baby, tell me yes, and I will give you everything. Yeah, so... It just everything is that kind of that, that weird sort of sound effect that I'm hearing in the background. Jeez, I'm afraid that Lady Gaga is going through Dave Matthews uh, syndrome. <laughs> is that what we named it? Dave Matthews syndrome. She's too famous to to get anything more uh, creative I mean, out of her. Her three albums were one song after the other. It's just phenomenal. This to me feels like the same type of thing. Is it this? I took tuned, a pill in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, and I just I've already tuned out. Oh, it's not. It's a different song. It's a okay. different song. <laughs> but am I wrong, or are they like basically all the same thing? Well, it looks like the Eagles won't be the only person with a lawsuit uh, yeah. this week. Did you see that one? <laughs> did you see the, the, no? the band the Eagles? Oh, has the, a band, the band the Eagles. Did they sue the Hotel California? Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah, in Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, this poor guy's running an eleven-room hotel in Mexico called the Hotel California that you wouldn't stay at to save your life, folks. I, mean, I, don't, I can't comment on the state of the hotel, but are, are you kidding? Maybe me? The not. Eagles Maybe are going after. The, well, well, here you go. So, what came first, 
the Hotel California in Mexico or the Eagles album Please Hotel California? Please tell me California. this guy predates it. He predates it by over 20 years. Oh, that's the best. I hope he countersues them and yeah, he's, takes the rights. He's been the running rights. the Hotel California in... Uh, <laughs> And it's what do they call that? Um, what's the part of Mexico? Tijuana. Well, right, but don't they call Baja. It the surf? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The surf, something like that. Right, right. So they've been running it since the fifties, you know, or maybe the people who bought it. But the place was named since the fifties. The Eagles come out a song in nineteen seventy six, and now they're suing him. <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know, how do you trademark something too? It's like it's not like they I mean, they just call something especially like a hotel in Mexico, New Jersey, right? It's like. You know, it's a place. How do you trademark have... the state of California? It is a place. It seems. Uh... Seems to me like some lawyer got a hold of the Eagles and was like, "Yeah, uh, we we could make some money off this dude who owns this eleven room hotel. Yeah, Let's go take him for everything." I'm trying to trying to score a couple free vacations here. Work with me, boys. I mean, I they, mean can the Eagles be I've that desperate? I've stayed in Mexico before, and I'm thinking all eleven rooms you could get for somewhere around <laughs> right. $180. Right. It doesn't make night. any sense to me whatsoever. But you have examples of that all throughout history. One of my favorites is that the Burger King. Have you ever heard? the Burger King story in Illinois. So, yeah, this rings a bell. Yeah, okay. so there was a this was a famous patent or copyright case. There was a place called Burger King that opened independently of the Burger King franchise, and it was a very popular place that still exists today, and it's called, you know, Burger King and has a totally different sign whatever. It's just like a uh, you know, what you normally see during the summer opening up at the Jersey Shore, just a hot dog burger stand with fries and whatever. No big deal, not a big fancy restaurant. Well, Unbeknownst to them, Burger King got launched and started going all over the place. And then once it was in in Illinois in the 60s, it sued after it opened up 20 locations, sued this small Burger King. Well, this Burger King predated that Burger King. And even though they never went and filed all the proper copyright, uh, uh, they, they won the case in court and eventually had a 20-mile perimeter where no other Burger King could open. And they owned the name for that 20-mile oh, wow. so perimeter. Oh, so is still there? Still there. So there's, wow, did you there's go to the one, Burger King? you can go to the original Burger King that's not part of the Burger King franchise. So a little interesting tidbit about uh, there's a real interesting story about the McDonald's brothers and oh. what happened with Ray Kroc. There's a whole movie about it. Um, uh, the uh, there's a movie and, and it's funny. There's actually trivia about this movie, too, because that movie is involved in a huge lawsuit as well. But um, uh, one of my it's one of my favorite actors, Michael Keaton, is the, plays Ray Kroc, and it's kind of the story of how he took that whole thing uh, global. But he his studio that movie bombed. is that on Netflix right now? I have no idea. Okay, uh, I'm sure you know. I'm sure it's on one of them. I would like it was to watch a, it. Was a, yeah, it was a release. Um, but it was uh, his... called the founder. Yeah, it's called the founder, and it's actually funny because the Weinstein Company was sued because they released that and this other movie by with Matthew McConaughey called Gold, and they were both biopic films. And I guess there was something in uh, the distribution that uh, the the people who put up the money for the founder said the Weinstein's compromised the first movie by releasing the second one so closely. Uh, to the first movie's release date. What and was Gold about? Gold was uh, a Matthew McConaughey biopic film where he plays uh, this guy who makes all this money in the Middle East, or not the Middle East, but the uh, but Asia, uh, doing you know trading and and whatnot. I feel like I remember McConaughey on Stern maybe talking about doing that movie. It's ringing a bell, but I didn't actually see the movie release. Yeah, that's what he was on Stern talk uh, promoting. Uh, so I don't know exactly what it was for, but uh, uh, so they have to you know basically defend this in court. And that's a frequent thing with the movie industry. It's very, you know, every single movie is, is set up. gold, a, a true story? Yeah, I think it's a biopic film. Yep, absolutely. All right. So, 
Um, it, the one of the interesting things about uh, the movie industry is each of these movies always gets created as a separate company, and basically the job of that company is to show a loss so that nobody gets paid. That's the goal of almost every single movie is to show break even or nothing. So they don't have so to pay they the don't back have end. To pay, they don't have to pay back end. It's to funny anybody. the uh, cover of Gold or the, the movie poster says based on a too good to be true story. <laughs> I wonder what that means that exactly. McConaughey. Yeah, I wish I had a little bit more context for the movie Gold and what it was. I don't remember exactly what McConaughey was talking about uh, with it. I should have paid closer attention to his interview, but too fascinated by his stories of uh, hanging out with Willie Nelson. So, <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Anything else you have for me in uh, in the world uh, before yeah. we well, wrap first, up? Yeah, please get to all, it. It looks like I'm going to have to wait at least two more years for my dream job. Okay, what's that? What's the dream job? Oh, well, ever since you've known me, I've wanted to be the host of Jeopardy. Oh, Alex Trebek re-signed? Yeah, so God 33 years, not enough. He's adding two more. I love it. Apparently well, Casey Kasem saved... went 39, so he's got... Uh, that's got to be the easiest gig in the world for him at this point. Well, Trebek was hired when he was 43. So I've got a few more years uh, to get so there. So he's going to be 80? No. Well, he'll be 78 when the contract's over. Yeah, be cl- oh, wow. It's yeah. crazy. He, he sounds fantastic, too. It, you know, he said on Stern, I also heard him on Stern, you know, talk about that he does slip from time to time, but you would never know it. I mean, you still watch that show. It's it's as money as ever. As far oh, as, uh, he is brilliant. Yeah. I love how condescending he is, too. It's, it's like, Alex, the best. I know you don't know the answer to that, but you have it in front of you and you sound smart because of that. But he's like... Oh no! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like sometimes oh. I'm like oh, no, <laughs> no. Really, anybody with even moderate intelligence would know that. But you, you, you just embarrassed yourself. Actually, I just brought up Sajak and Vanna because they're doing two more years also. And one of my I favorite... do love that they never got rid of Vanna. And they were like, you know what? We don't care. We know you were hot thirty years ago. We're just going to let it roll. She still looks good. Yeah, she's like the she's the other Christie. Boy, Brinkley. talk about the easiest job in the world, though. I know, but wouldn't you think at some point there would be like a controversy and they're going to get rid of Vanna for the new like you know twenty four year old spin girl? I mean, how do you feel like when they stopped spinning it and she just touched the window? It felt like when she had to actually spin the letter around that it was so much more work. Well, I think the pay. I think there should have been an appropriate pay cut. I mean, now that she has to just touch it, it's almost like she's useless. Like you like, know that they could just Vanna, turn. There's, there's, there's two-thirds less work that you do, so we're going to pay you two-thirds less. So one of my favorite put-downs ever was Sajak. The guy misses uh, you know, misses solving the puzzle right. because he stumbled over a word. <laughs> and Sajak says to him, you ever feel like the whole world's a tuxedo and you're a brown shoe? <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest. I love that. It because... just leveled him. Yeah, I, I want to see the outtakes of those. I hope one day we get the releases of outtakes of like you know shows like that. Those are my favorite things in the world, like Casey Kasem's outtake. When they used and... to buy stuff with the money they won on the Wheel of Fortune, do you remember that? No. Yeah, instead of just winning two thousand dollars if you solve the puzzle, right? They would take you to this like shop, and there would be <laughs> things like a set of tools. You know, there would be was a it refrigerator. Inf- was it like a deal? Be- was it like inflated prices or was this just no, like an it was, advertising? It was similar to the Price is Right, how they would say. But like, you just spend your money. This, this, right. And you get to spend the $2,000 on whatever items you, you want. Could you also just be like, give me the $2,000? No, you can't keep it. No, you had to spend the money. <laughs> and then I guess whatever was left over. Was that reminds me of like when I was a kid and they used to give us You could buy like a Toblerone bar for $20. Do you remember remember when, those? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was like if you had a little huge. bit left, you just get the Toblerone bars. Get those. I'm going to get a lifetime supply of Toblerone bars. 
But yeah, remember when you were a kid and you do fundraisers and you yeah. had the fundraiser and it was like they gave you a catalog of crap that you right. could buy. It's like if you get 65,000 tickets, you can buy this motorized car. I remember the, bo- like, the no boombox. Yeah, the boombox. No one ever wanted everybody, anything. Everybody I, I, I sold with. enough every year for like the cheapest thing they got and it was always awful and I never liked it. And it was always so embarrassing because you had to go to all your neighbors and family and friends and then the, the stuff would come in and you didn't want to deliver it. Ah, that's the worst. Uh, horrible thing to do to kids. It's like, hey, we're going to make yeah. you go be slaves for this organization and, you know. Yeah, just go knock up on strangers' doors and sell them caramels. Right. What, what bad could happen? I, now it's like if you ever see one of those kids come, you rest assured that parent is in the car like three feet away. <laughs> no, nobody sends their kids alone to go do that anymore. Those yeah, days just, are. I just like 11 years old with a bag of cash knocking up on strangers' doors. Yeah, that's always good. Uh, here's a good one I saw this week. Uh, what thir- what couple that's been together been together over thirty years is getting side by side stars on Hollywood's Walk of Fame? Ooh. What couple that's been together over thirty years is getting side by side stars on Hollywood's Walk God, of Fame? I'm kind I'm kind of aggravated that they don't already have stars. That which would be weird. But am I going to say Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn? Yes. Kurt wow. Russell and Goldie Hawn getting side-by-side stars. So, yeah, uh, I, you know, because she's in the news because she just did a movie with Amy Schumer that's getting ready to come out. Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer. Yeah, is it called Snatch? Movie. Yeah, Snatched, I think. Okay, I think Snatched. They're like, yeah, I think they're like Snatched Taken. Snatched was the, that, that was a great movie. Yeah, I think it's like a Taken parody-ish type thing. That's the concept. Because the, the one picture, or the one screenshot I've seen is like Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer disheveled in some sort of cage. Yeah, which, you're right. It is hard to believe, though, that Goldie Hawn doesn't have a star or Kurt Russell. Yeah. Like, maybe they have their own individual ones, but they're putting them together. That could be. Or maybe they just didn't want to pay the extortion fee that that... Nobody's <laughs> seen a couple together for 30 years in Hollywood. So or maybe so Goldie Hawn finally did something relevant with Amy Schumer, so they figured, okay, now we can let her... Get a star on the Walk of Fame. That seems to make sense. So here you go. True or false? Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell became involved after meeting on the set of Overboard. True or false? Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell became involved after meeting on the set of Overboard. That is true. That is false. I got gotcha. you. Ah. Overboard, 1987. Actually, the third movie they did together. Oh, they oh became yeah. Became involved what? in '83 on the set of. Jeez, it's a tough one. I wouldn't have gotten it. God, I feel like I know this movie. But it's some, that's a different thing I'm thinking of with Goldie Hawn's early career. It's Kurt Russell's not it. No, what's the movie? Swing Shift. Nah, wouldn't have gotten yeah, it's that. it's tough, 83. So I guess they did three movies together from 83 to 87. That's interesting. Overboard's being remade. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that was a great movie. Oh, fantastic. So um, I, I forgot who's remaking it, but uh, somebody that I like very much, so I was excited to see that. All right. Anything else before we get out of here for this week's Quizzo podcast? Um. The Ryan Seacrest hire started to make more sense. Did you see what's coming to ABC? No. America. American Idol. Uh, okay. They bought the rights to American so Idol. Simple. So simple. That, there you go. That so that, that's your boy. You're buying Ryan Seacrest. Didn't he already do ABC for uh, f- uh, the New Year's countdown? Right? Is that Does ABC it? Dick Clark's yeah. rocket Eve? Yeah. Okay. And he took over for Dick Clark. So this is like a, this is a natural lineman. He's Mr. ABC now. So, yeah. Gosh, I, imagine if he starts hosting Idol again. Sure. How many jobs that guy's got? Well, you know, you heard on Stern, uh, there was apparently like a beef between Stern and Seacrest, but it really wasn't a beef. It was a, a Seacrest complaining that he has to work this many jobs I just, to make the same amount of money I don't that Stern makes any of that. showing up for the three days of work he I does. I just don't believe uh, any. I can't imagine Seacrest is out there talking about how come he doesn't make as much money as Stern. That just seems too... 
Stern said from a bunch of people in the So industry. Stern works three days a week and he works about Sometimes. three weeks a month. Three weeks a month. <laughs> right. But I mean, come on, the guy's audience is just well, so Well, it's also been doing it for thirty years. And... Yeah, it's huge and loyal and it, it connects on a completely different level. And who's level paying than... specifically for Seacrest? That's the thing. Yeah. How many people out there have Sirius well, XM just to listen to yeah, Stern? He's just totally a non offensive broadcaster, but it's good for him. I mean, he's Mr. ABC and I'm sure he'll do very well in that role. I, I'm not here to hate on anybody. I think that might be a good bonus question. Coming up, though, I might do one with well, my favorite. My favorite question is name the other. Oh God, you know what, Mister Seacrest? If you listen to this podcast, I beg you, I beg you. I just throw up in my mouth a little bit. Call Brian Dunkelman. Give the guy a job on the reboot of American Idol. Give him a chance to come back. You're already working. You're working (laughs) thirty jobs, dude. Give (laughs) Give the guy one job. job. Give Dunkelman a job. America needs Brian Dunkelman. Uh, the greatest is if Dunkelman came back for one season and then left again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this other offer from Fox. You're gonna do this uh, pilot that I'm gonna be in. Dunkelman. Oh, what did what were you thinking, Dunkelman? How did you not know that that was gonna be the biggest hit in the world? How do you walk away from that? Sh- How do you walk away from any show when your last name's Dunkelman? <laughs> I don't know, man. When somebody gives you a job, it's, you take it. Like Pete Best apparently was kicked out of the Beatles. Dude, so like that's how a do tough, you know what they are in 1962? Well, you, they kicked you out, too, friends. so you, you can sleep at night. They yeah. kicked you out. Right. You didn't have a choice. It wasn't right. like I was like hanging around. It's like, no, they didn't like you. You're gone. Welcome to never be heard from again. Yeah. You're like, no, nah, I'm going to quit the biggest show ever. In, the real question is how season. tall was the building his agent jumped off of? Oh, my God. I just I oh, feel, this goes back. I to feel bad I, because it's not like he's rebounded. It's not like he appears in anything. It's He's a stand-up comic, and he's only got that one joke. Right. He's got the one joke of, I was this guy. And so, like, you, you know about the Hogan mess, what he turned down? You oh, ever my talked God. about this? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the saddest stories in the world. I, I love right. Hulk Hogan. I feel but, bad for but him. But up to your thing, like, Hogan's still fine. Yeah, he's still, he still a big star. He's still just opened a up a new surf shop in Orlando. Right. He's, yeah, he's he's hanging. But he turned down the George Foreman grill <laughs> right. because George. he thought it would be bad for his image. Right, which made George Foreman like a hundred and seventy-five million dollars to date. Something in, something like something that. insane, yeah. like a fortune like you couldn't even imagine already. And when he turned it down, Hogan hadn't sort of resurfaced, even though no. in the last ten years Hogan's been around, but. Anyway, yeah, you could be grilling on the Hulk Hogan grill, and you know he would love to do those commercials. I would I mean, love Hulk to see those still commercials. Living a great life. I mean, I don't know what Dunkelman's doing. Uh, I got to find a product for you, Hulk. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna make this happen for you. We're gonna come up with like a popcorn maker or something with your name on it. Get you, get you that money. All right, guys, that does it for this week's uh, Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Uh, for Nick, my name is Drew. Thank you all very much for listening. Check us out online, quizzopodcast.com, at quizzopodcast if you are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And if you're interested in Quizzo Trivia, check out quizzotrivia.com as well. We will see you next week, everybody. This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information. That guy in a little coat. Does Barry Manilow know that he's made his wardrobe? Mama, the meatloaf! It's not a tumor. Not a tumor. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it.